Dan, we're kicking off this brand new series called Divine Direction, and uh, this is really based on the book by Craig Groeschel that just came out, I think it was three weeks ago, uh, and, and I encourage you to pick it up. It's a fantastic book. I'm not actually even finished with the whole thing yet, uh, but, but really, really excellent. The, the idea, the theme of it, seven decisions that will change your life. Now, in this series, we're not covering all seven decisions. In fact, this series is just going to be four parts, uh, but we're going to look at the big kind of... Uh, if I could put it this way, 30,000-foot view uh, when it comes to divine direction. Uh, all that to say, you still want to pick up the book because we're, we're not even scratching the surface of everything that's in this, this great book. I don't get any kickback from this or anything like it. Just find something really good and helpful to me and want to pass that along. So Divine Direction by Craig Groeschel. Uh, and, and he's a great pastor out, out in Oklahoma. They're a multi-site church as well. I think they have over 40 different campuses uh, throughout the country at, at this point. And they make all these resources available uh, for free for churches. So uh, we're very, very thankful to their generosity. The reason why I think this, this book in particular is doing so well right now since it's been released, the, the reason why it appealed to me, and I think uh, this whole series as well is going to appeal to you, is uh, this is like the number one question that, that I'm asked as a pastor. I think almost every single pastor uh, is asked, hands down, uh, how do I know what God wants? How do I know what God's will is for my life? And uh, there, there's a lot of answers, and we can find a lot of uh, uh, real direction in God's Word. So obviously that's what we're all about. Uh, and, and the decisions that we all face, you know, big, huge decisions and also little decisions and day-to-day uh, -day decisions, just decisions, decisions. How many of you have ever experienced, I get this a lot, decision fatigue? You ever have decision fatigue? I, I get to this point literally where like, I can't even decide what I want to drink with dinner. You know, my wife is like, do you want water? Do you, do you want iced tea? I'm like... It's just like it's, I'm just paralyzed because I just have to make so many decisions all the time. Uh, and yet God wants to help you. God wants to help me uh, by giving us really divine direction. And so that's what this series is, is really all about. Because here's the thing. The decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. The decisions that you and I make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. And I, I'm a storyteller. I like to tell stories. Uh, and, and people like to listen to stories as well. But they're all based on decisions. And I can look back at my life, and you probably can too. Some of the best stories that you have were based on bad decisions that you made or really good decisions that you made. But they swing one way or another based on decisions. And so I think we could all use some help, some divine direction. Some of our biggest regrets in life were bad decisions that we made, where we really could have used some divine direction. And here's the hope in this series that I hope to really just connect you to uh, as we work our way through all the way up to literally Easter, as we talk about divine direction right up until then. God wants to help you. God wants to help me. I, I, I'm one of those guys, when, when, when I don't have my navigation system in the car, I get lost. God, thank the Lord for navigation systems. Uh, I, I one time picked up a guest speaker at JFK Airport, and uh, it's only about two hours or so from here. And after I picked him up, he flew in from Georgia, and after we'd been in the car for eight and a half hours, he finally said, Greg... I think we passed Giant Stadium four times already. 
And I was like, I know I'm completely lost. I have no idea where I am or anything like that. And I can't make this stuff up. I mean, I need navigation. Now I have the opposite problem. I have navigation in my car. And then uh, my wife Susie, she'll, she'll put on Google Maps on her phone when we're going somewhere. And then, of course, I have Susie navigation as well. So I have three female voices telling me what to do. And it's amazing how often they never agree. And so I'm like, who do I go with? Who do I go with here? It's just, we all need divine direction. We all need divine direction. So as we start out this series, I want to share kind of the overarching, again, this, this is from uh, the book by Craig Groeschel. This is like the 30,000-foot view of that book. So you're not going to find a lot of what we talk about necessarily even in the, uh, in the book. That's going to go much, much greater detail drilling down deep. But here, here's the verse that I think is so important, kind of overarching for this whole series. It's in Proverbs 16, verse 9. So if you have your Valley Christian Church apps, you can open it up. It's right there for you. Uh, and here's the overarching verse. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but it's God who determines our steps. So wouldn't life be a lot easier if we kind of got on God's page instead of kind of doing our own thing? And he's like, you're going to end up doing what I want you to ultimately. And so don't, don't misunderstand this. We can make our plans. In fact, other, it's good to make plans. We need to have a plan. Nothing in the Bible says you shouldn't have a plan. But understand, at the end of the day, the Lord is the one that's going to determine our steps. The Lord is the one who's going to do it. We, we, we make a plan, and then we're like, God, I'm trusting you for your divine direction. I remember when I was a young man, I had a plan. And, and it didn't exactly work out the way I thought it was going to. God determines our steps. God says, it's pretty interesting when you think about the Bible in terms of personally, God says very little about your future, but he says a lot about what he expects today. Very little about your own personal future. But God says an awful lot about today, what he expects. So what's really important? What is it that God really, really cares about? If we're going to open our hearts and our minds and our lives, really, to God's divine direction, what is it that God really, really cares about? Here it is, the who before do. God cares about who you are before you do anything for him. The who is more important than the do. We spend so much of our times when it comes to divine direction or wanting direction. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What college am I supposed to go to? You know, who am I supposed to date? Where am I supposed to live? Does God really want me to do this? Does God really want me to? I mean, does God really want me to root for the Mets? Of course not. Why would he do that? You you know, just all these things. Does he want me to do all this? And, and, And all these things about do, 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 do. But God is more important, is concerned with the who. Who are you becoming is more important to God than what you're doing. Who are you becoming today is much more important than what you're doing today. Because we can do a lot of stuff and never become the people that God created us to be. Never become the individual that God created me to be. So the first thing, big 30,000 foot view of divine direction is who before do. God is more concerned with the who you're becoming than what you're doing. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse uh, uh, 3, it tells us specifically what God's will is for every one of us. God's will is for you to be holy. 
In other words, let me put, what is God's will? What is, you, man, what, Greg, what's God's will for me? Let me tell you, he wants you to be holy. Now, holy doesn't mean perfect. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand it. What does holy mean? Biblically, from the Bible's point of view, holy means set apart for God's purpose. That's what it means to be holy. Set apart for God's purpose. When you look at the temple, the things that were in the temple in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, those were set apart for God's purpose. Holy means a specific use. That's what holiness means. For, for, for our sake, what it means, God's will is for you to be holy. What is that? More like Jesus Christ. The who is more important than the do. God's will for your life, God's will for my life, what God wants in your life and in my life is that we are more like Jesus Christ tomorrow than we are today. That's God's will. That nothing could be clearer, <laughs> divine direction than this. God's will. What is God's will? Here it is for you to be holy, set apart to be used for God's purpose. God, not my will, yours be done. That's holiness. God, let your will be done in my life. Not my will. Let your will be done in my life. So, so from God's point of view, the who you're becoming, the who I'm becoming is much more important than the do, the who before the do. In fact, when, when I was uh, sending over my messages, uh, my message notes to the tech guys, uh, and, and they're preparing all this for me, one of them sent back, and like, you really need this to be the theme song for, for, the, for the message. And I was like, what is it? And I looked at it, and it's, who are you? Who, 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 who? The who, who are you? Who are you? Because the who is more important than the do. And so much of our time and energy goes into, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? And God said, I'm more, important about who, I'm more concerned about who you're becoming than what you're doing. Because if you'll become who I created you to be, the do will take care of itself. But, but as long as you're distracted in all the doing and you're not becoming more like Jesus, you'll miss God's will for your life. The who. Before the do. God's will is what? For you and for me to be holy. Holy means set apart. It means different from the world. It means God wants you to become more and more like Christ. That's who he wants you to be every single day. The Bible never talks about, uh, it's pretty interesting, God, the Bible never talks about uh, God's will for your career. We think about that all the time. What does he want me to do? What does he want me to do? The Bible doesn't talk about God's will for your career. God, the Bible talks about God's will for who you're going to become. Who you are. Not what you do. The who is more important than to do. And so, should I take this job? Should I take that job? You know, you know, put out my resume. Where should I go? Where should I live? All these things. Who are you becoming? On your way to trying to accomplish something, become someone. Become who it is that God wants you to. Our culture says accomplish, do, 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 do. And God says, that's not my perspective. My perspective is become who I created you to be. The who is more important. The who before the do.
What does God want me to do? Is really not the best question. The better question is, who does God want me to become? Who does God want me to become? <clears throat> Let me explain this from my perspective. And, and, and I think maybe because I'm a pastor, it may seem even a little bit more difficult. So if I can, if I can explain this right, m- maybe it'll help everybody out. God's, <laughs> I could do anything, anything in this world, as long as I'm becoming more like Jesus. See, I'm not a pastor. Pastor is what I do. Who am I? My identity is not being a pastor. If my identity was in being a pastor, when I retire, I don't have any identity. I don't know who I am anymore. And I didn't have any identity until I became a pastor. But if my identity is rooted in Jesus Christ, who he is and who he says I am, then pastoring is just what I do. Listen, you probably don't know these things, but I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. Right now in the United States of America, 1,700 pastors quit every month. 1,700 pastors drop out every month out of pastor, pastoral ministry in the United States. Do you know why? There's all kinds of books being written on this. One of the reasons I believe is this. They wrap their identity in what they do. It's all about the do and not the who. It used to be like this. My wife would tell you the first 10, 15 years of, of, of me pastoring. My identity was I'm a pastor. So therefore, anyone criticized the sermon, they're criticizing Greg. Anyone goes from our church to another, they reject who I am. My identity was wrapped in what I did, not in who I was. It saved me so much hurt and heartache and pain when I realized my identity is supposed to be in who I am in Christ, not what I do, my job. I could be the best preacher. Watch this now. I could be the best preacher in our whole entire community but I abuse my wife and I'm out of God's will. I, I, I could be the most gifted uh, speaker that there is and I don't pay my bills and I'm out of God's will. Because the who is more important to God than the do. It doesn't mean that the do is not important at all, but it's secondary to the who. The who I'm becoming. And, and God's always looking at me and he's always looking at me, are you becoming more like Jesus or less? It's not like there's just neutral. The who is more important than the do. Look at this verse, it's so important. I think we've looked at it recently, but I wanna go back to it. In Mark chapter three, verse 14, it speaks about Jesus when he called the 12 to himself. Look at what it says. He appointed the 12. What was the number one thing? He appointed the 12 disciples who became the apostles when he sent them out. That what? They might what? Be with him. Not do something for him. Because the the who is more important than the do. The who comes before the do. The first thing is that they might be with him. Then that he might send them out. Then comes the do after the who. He said, you've got to come to me first and discover who you really are before you do anything for me. And so many times we get this topside down, especially in the church. 
I, I'm so thankful, and I've shared this story before. I'm so thankful. When I was five years old uh, in Georgia, the day we were moving, I felt like God spoke to me. And you know what he said? Greg, I want you to, to pastor a church for decades in New York. No, that's not what he said. Greg, I want you to be a preacher. No, that's not what he said. He said, Greg, I want you to be my own. He called me to himself. And he said, I want you to be my own. And, and you'll discover, in a sense, what he was saying, you'll discover who you are because I'm the one who created you. It wasn't until I was 15, 16, 10, 11 years later that I felt like he wanted me to do something, and that was become a pastor. And, and time and time throughout the years, you know, when pastoring is tough, again, 1,700 pastors every month drop out. It's hard. I, I, I'm 49. I've been doing this maybe 27 years. That, that there's like so few that have even pastored that long. Time and time again, God brings you back to, I called you to myself before I ever asked you to do something for me. Are you becoming more like Jesus, Greg? He appointed the 12 that they might be with him. And then the do, then the do, the who before the do. So many times, you know, we're asking the question whether we should marry this person or whether we should wait. And God is saying, you know what I want? I want you to be faithful to Jesus Christ. We're asking, should I stay in this job or should I take another one? And God says, be faithful to Jesus Christ. Become who it is that, you, that I created you to be. Should I major in elementary education or pre-med? God says, be faithful in your relationship with Jesus Christ and become who it is I created you to be. We, we want the do, we want the do, we want the do. And he says, I want you to become who I created you to be. The who before the do. God's will is more about who you are than what you do. Let, let me just put it this way. Don't build your identity on something that the world can ever take away from you. Because <laughs> it's sand. Don't, don't ever build your identity on something that the world could say, you're fired. I don't even know who I am anymore. D don't, don't, don't build your identity on, on, on a relationship that you have with someone else that that person could be gone tomorrow. All those things are good, all those things are important, but our identity has to come from the one thing that will never change, Jesus Christ. That's the who. That's the who, and the, the do comes out of the who. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, and you can build your identity on that. Who I am, who God created me to be, to become more like Jesus every day. Let me put it this way. If you're gonna become the right who, you'll choose the right do. If you're becoming the right who, you'll choose the right do. But if you're just looking on what does God want me to do, 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 and not what does God want me to become, you'll make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision without divine direction. But if you're becoming the right who, becoming more like Jesus every day, you'll choose the right do. In other words, what does Jesus want? Jesus wants me to forgive. Jesus wants me to show mercy. Jesus wants me to extend grace. 
Jesus wants me to be kind, even when people are not kind to me. Jesus wants me to love unconditionally. If, if I'm becoming the right who, I'll choose the right do. Because it's not my will. It's God's will that I want done in my life and through my life. Who before the do? Here's the second one. I just tried to make this real simple. This is, like a, this is kind of like a foundational message for the next three weeks as we talk about God's will. Here's the second one. The first one is who before the do. Now here's the second one. Watch this. Why before what? Why do we do what we do? What really motivates us? The why before the what? First is the who before the do, and then is the why before the what. Motives matter to God. Listen, you can do the right thing for the wrong reason, and it makes it wrong. If our motivation isn't right. Why do we do what we do? The why before the what? We can do good, good things for the wrong reason, and it makes them bad. That's why the why before the what. This is what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2. You may think everything you do is right, but the Lord judges your motives. We may think everything we're doing is good, but God's saying, the what is not what I'm focused on. The what, okay, the what. But if the why is wrong, the what, it becomes wrong. The motive behind our actions. Because we could think everything that we do, there it is again, is right. But God says, I'm looking at your heart. What's really driving that? What's really motivating your life and your actions? I've heard it put this way before. There's two reasons for doing something. What sounds good and then the real reason. <laughs> There's two reasons for doing What sounds good, you know, like, you know, people are like, oh, you're so noble. Oh, God. Greg, you're so godly. Oh, my gosh. And then the real reason why we did it. David, King David, who wasn't perfect. He was flawed. But God said, even with all his flaws, he said, he's a man after my own heart. He's getting it right. Listen to what David prayed. Now, I, I pray this. I hope you pray this, too. In Psalm 139, verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Know, know what motivates me. Show me the why. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me. See if there be any wrong motivation inside of me that would grieve you and lead me in the way everlasting. God is concerned more about the why than the what. In fact, fast forward to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul also talks about motivation as the Holy Spirit's inspiring his words as he wrote the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, Paul puts it this way. He says, and now am I trying to win the approval of human beings or God? He's like, what's motivating me? The, 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 uh, Approval of people or the approval of God? Why am I doing what I'm doing? 
Or am I trying to please people? If if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's just kind of one of those big gulp moments, right? And I'm not talking about 7-Eleven either. That's just one of those moments where it's like, if, if I'm trying to do stuff to impress people, I am not serving Jesus Christ. Oof. The why is more important than the what. When it comes to, why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, back to this whole thing about being a pastor. I, I know we, we went to school with so many people, and the why, you could just see it through the years, was the wrong why. Because they wanted their egos stroked. Because they wanted, they needed to be needed by other people. That's why you crash and burn. Almost 2,000 a month quitting. Because the why is wrong. The why in the heart. I'm not trying to get the approval of men, Paul says. If I was, I'm not serving Jesus Christ. And can you imagine pastoring a church and you're not serving Jesus Christ? It's very possible. It's very possible. You can't get to the right place when you start with the wrong motives. It just won't happen. You you, you can't get to where God wants you to be when you start with the wrong motives. You won't do the right what if you're driven by the wrong why. Let me just say those two things again. It's just so important. I'm, I'm just trying to help us. You can't get to the right place when you start with the wrong motives. And you won't do the right what if you're driven by the wrong why. Why should I buy this car? Do do I buy this car because I need a reliable form of transportation? Or do I buy this car because it will show everyone how really important I am and successful? The why is more important than the what. Why am I posting that picture? Am I posting that picture because right now I feel down about myself and I need everyone to say, oh, sweetie, you look gorgeous. You look fantastic. Am I, and am I needing my ego stroked? Or do I just want to share with everyone something great that just happened to me? My new hairstyle. And none of you commented on my new hairstyle, by the way. I'm pretty broke up about that. The why is more important than the What? Do we want to impress people? Do we feel like that if they respond the way we want them to, that they validate our existence and who we are instead of allowing God to validate who we are and what our life is all about? I think every one of us, God wants us to get to the point in divine direction where we're like, God, I just want to please you. I just want to please you. I'm not trying to win the approval of, of my mom or my dad or, or, or my teacher or my boss. I, I need your approval. Let that motivate me. And, and so what does this mean when, when the who is more important than the what, the who is more important than the do, the who before the do, and the why more important than the what? The why is really the priority. Why before the what? 
What this means is this. It doesn't matter what you do in your life. If you're right about the who you are becoming, God is going to guide you and direct you. And you're never going to miss God's will for your life. Never. If your focus is on God, I want to become, for me, Greg Williamson, the man that you want me to be, if that's the driving force of my, I want to become more like Jesus, I will never miss God's will for my life. Same thing for you. If the driving force is, if I want to become the person that God created me to be, I want to become more like Christ, you'll never miss God's will for your life. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing will bring glory to God right where you are, right now. Not what you want to be, what you want to accomplish, right now where you are. If you're a student, if you have a career, if you're looking for a career, if you're in the latter part of your life, wherever you are, you will be right in the will of God, glorifying God. Look at what Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 puts it this way. And whatever you do, whatever you do, isn't that crazy? The Bible doesn't say do this besides be holy, become more like Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, you, you choose, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the who be right. Let the why be, why, let the why be right. The why what? I want to bring glory to God in everything I do. Give thanks to God the Father through him. Focus on the who. Focus on the why. And you won't miss it. It'll bring glory to God. Whatever you do. Wherever you, uh, whatever you do, wherever you are, serve Jesus Christ there. What does that mean? Stay-at-home mom that feels like she's drowning in laundry and baby poop. Do it to the glory of God. Change those diapers. And you know what? You'll be right in the center of God's life as you glorify him, as you focus on becoming who it is that God wants you to be. For the minimum wage uh, fry cook, you make the best French fries for the glory of Jesus Christ. Listen, I haven't always been a pastor. 27 years, I'm older than 27, believe it or not. And, and so, so I haven't, but I worked at IBM. I worked at Friendly's. I won the Silver Scoop Award at Friendly's. Why? Because I wanted to be the best employee for my boss. Why? Because my boss is Jesus Christ. And I scooped ice cream to glorify Jesus Christ. And when I worked at IBM in the stock room, I handed out beakers and screwdrivers to the glory of Jesus Christ. And my boss was like, we got to give this kid a promotion. And that's how I paid for Susie's engagement ring. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But, but here's it. Whatever you do, see, it's not like, oh, the pastor's the good one, and we're all just kind of down here, whatever, meaningless existence. No, do it to the glory of God, wherever you are. Focus on the who. Did I become more like Jesus today? Or did I take a step away from him? Focus on the why. God, show me my heart. Show me if, if, if my motivation's wrong in what I'm doing, and I'll stop it. Show me. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him, whatever it is. If your boss is a jerk, serve that jerk with the love of Jesus Christ. God's will is a who before a do and a why before a what. 
That's what God's will is. Pleasing God isn't just about a few big, big, huge decisions. There have been all kinds, of, all kinds of studies about this successful people. You know, when we look at someone who's successful in one area of their life, and we're like, well, they, must have, they probably faced like four or five big decisions. They got that right. Nope, not at all. They got the small decisions right. The micro decisions, not the macro ones. The macro, you get the micro ones right, the macro ones, you'll get those right too. The small decisions, right where you are. If you're frying French fries, fry to the glory of God. Changing diapers, change diapers to the glory of God. You're an accountant, well, there's no hope for you. But anyway, uh, no, I'm just kidding. And, you know, work those numbers to the glory of God. Be the best. Give God glory with what, what you do. Whatever it is, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The other night, Susie and I were laying in bed and there was a song that was played in our wedding. 1990. By a singer named Stephen Curtis Chapman called I Will Be Here. I'm not going to sing it. It's okay. I'm not going to sing it. But it says, tomorrow morning, if you wake up and the sun does not appear, I will be here. Tomorrow morning, if you lose sight of love, hold my hand and have no fear because I will be here. One of the lines, I'll be here when the mirror tells us we're older. And I look in the mirror sometimes and I say, the mirror's screaming at me, honey. Not yelling at you at all, but he's yelling at me. And she said, baby, could you just put that on? And, and I just put that on, on the speaker. And we just held hands. We just listened to that. We think about years from now when we're older. When we look back, we're still here together, side by side. We won't be remembering the great events that we put on at Valley Christian Church. I, I don't think if the Lord wills, if I'm an old, old man in my 80s, one day I'll be thinking about, man, that sermon that I gave back in March of 2017 lit the world on fire. You know what we're going to remember? You know what we're going to talk about? We're going we're to talk about those things that nobody knows those sacrifices that she and I made on behalf of this church the pain and the hurt that God gave us the grace to walk through we're going to look back and we're going to be like remember how we used to be and look at us now more like Jesus today than we've ever been that's what life's all about. There's a place for the do. There's too many people that I know we're lost in doing. And we don't know who we are. And who we are. I'm not a pastor. I pastor. It's what I do. Do you know who Greg Williamson is? 
I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That's who I am. That's who I am. And you can't ever take that away from me. No one can. And I want to look so much more like Jesus the day that I finally see him face to face than I do right now. That's what drives me. I, I hope that's what drives you too. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you to choose the right do. If you're becoming the right who that God made you to be, if you're focused on becoming who he made you to be, God will help you choose the right do. If you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what. If you're driven by the right why, the right motivation, I want to glorify you. God, whatever it is, I want to glorify you. God will lead you to the right what. It's more about the who and the why than the do and the what. Whatever you do, whatever I do, God wants us to do it for his glory. That he gets the credit. That that's what motivates us. I want to look at this last passage and I think it kind of sums up everything we've been talking about. Who are you? Psalm 37, verse 3 through 6. Trust in the Lord. See where it starts first? It's the who. It's, it's the Lord. It's Jesus. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in what you do. No. Take delight what? in the Lord. And he'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything to your job. No. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. The who and the why more important than the do and the what goes on and says he will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the new day sun he says trust God I want to be more like you Jesus Holy Spirit convict me of my attitudes my actions God I'm asking you to convict me don't even let it get into actions. Convict me of my, my opinions, my attitudes, my heart, things that nobody else sees. Search my heart before, before it ever gets out into my hands and my actions or my feet. I trust you. Search my heart. Let me become more like Jesus today. What, what a great prayer that is every day. The who. God, let my motivation be to glorify you. That, that, that when people see my life that's focused on you, 
My innocence would radiate like the dawn and the justice of my cause would shine like a new day in sun. The people would just come up to me, you don't, they don't even have to know, they don't have to see my jewelry or anything like that and say, what is it about you, man? You're different. You're, you're, you're not like the rest of these people. You're different. And your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Let me end with this. When I was a senior in high school, <clears throat> John Jay, graduation party back in 1986. Ooh. I grew up right here, you know. Right here on Clove Branch Road. One of my best friends lived right back there. He had a big graduation party. And uh, a couple hundred kids there. <laughs> Crazy. It's one of those that I asked my parents, can I go? And they're like, well, I guess we got to let you go to one of these. So I went there. I'll never forget this as long as I live. 18 years old. At one point, I felt a tap on my shoulder. I turned around, it was my best friend's father. And he said, Greg, can I talk to you for a minute? Sure. He still lives right back here. That's why I'm not calling his name. <laughs> he said, Greg, I want you to look around. You see all these kids out here? You see my son? <laughs> he said, you're not like the rest of these kids. He said, you're different. I, I've been watching you since you're a young guy, time you spent with my, with my son. You're different. I know why you're different, Greg. I know it's because of Christ. Like God's got a plan for your life. And I want to ask you to do me one favor. And I said, sure, what, what is it? I'm like, I can't believe this. He said, when you get to the place that God has for you to go, I want you to just stop for one moment and think of me. That means so much to me. I didn't even know what to say. This is my best friend's dad. All I know is that long before I was ever a pastor, long before I ever preached a sermon, when I was so eaten up with fear and introvert I had the same prayer back then that I have today God I just want to be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday God I just want your will to be done in my life and my best buddy's father noticed and so I share that for all the young people it's not about one day when you grow up you can do it right now. You, you focus your life on Jesus Christ. I want to be who it is that God created me to be. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. People will see the difference. When you get the who right, and you get the why right, it's just like that verse we just saw. You'll radiate 
When people say to you, just like they have to me, look around you. You're not like the rest of these folks. There's something different about you. I think God wants that for every one of us, that kind of divine direction. The who before the do. The why before the what. I'm going to ask right now, would you just bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, so many times we, 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 we pray and as we should, we're asking about what job we should take and what you really want to what you really want us to pray about is how we should treat people. So many times we pray about where we should go and what you really want is for us to forgive and release that resentment inside of us. So many times we, we pray about what it is we're supposed to do and you want us to become more and more the people, the men and the women that you created us to be. Father, thank you for your divine direction. God, we thank you for the promise of your word that says we can make our plans, but you're the one that's gonna determine our steps. Lord, we want that. Every one of us wants that. And so Father, right now, Lord, even as we begin this series and we kick it off, Lord, we recognize that how much we really need your guidance and direction. And so, Father, we ask you, we need your help, your courage to be who it is that you've created us to be. That our identity would not be based on what we do, but it would be based on you. Knowing the world can't take that away from us, never can, never will. Father, I, I pray for each and every person here right now that that doesn't even know who they are because they've never received your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that today would be a day of a new identity, beginning to understand who it is that you've created them to be as they open their heart and surrender their life to you. Thank you, Father. I'm gonna ask right now with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, if, if you're here right now and, and and you really want God's divine direction, his guidance in your life, but, but you've, you've never started at that starting point of asking Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, to, to be your Savior and your Lord. I just want to encourage you right now to take that step of faith right now. The Bible makes it clear that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead will be saved. That's the starting point to divine direction. And so right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just wanna invite you, if you've never opened your heart and received Jesus as your savior to do that right now in this, this quiet moment. It's real simple, you can just pray after me this prayer of faith with your heart open Jesus, I receive you as my savior. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from them. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my life, 
to be my Lord and to direct my life. I want to become more like you and less of the person that I have been up to this moment. Work in my life as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.